What does it mean today to be Ukrainian? Or rather, how does one's sense of being Ukrainian reflect on a life full of professional achievements and personal fulfillment? In speaking to 10 Canadian Ukrainians, we'll learn that life isn't merely about symbols, words, or traditions, but about how one's place in their community is enhanced and their sense of life enriched by having one foot firmly rooted in their past and the other stepping boldly forward into the present. This is the Ukrainian Connection, presented by Sound Lounge by T-Bone, with generous funding provided thanks to Ukrainian-Canadian Congress Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan Lotteries. Welcome to the program. My name is Paul Miazga. Professionally, immigration advisor Irina Matsyuk helps connect Canadian companies with skilled workers, and it unites her passion for creating connections with people and organizing support for organizations with tangible needs. The immigrants she supports are realizing their Canadian dream much the way she has her own. Born and raised in Ukraine's Volyn region, Irina, or Ira to her friends, has become indelibly involved in the life of her adopted Ukrainian community in Canada since immigrating 11 years ago. When the call for volunteers goes out from local Ukrainian organizations and festivals, chances are Ira will answer. A veteran participant of the Ukrainian Day in the Park Festival and a former board member as vice president with Ukrainian-Canadian Congress Saskatchewan, among many other things, she revels in each and every chance to showcase her Ukrainian culture. Ira, welcome to the Ukrainian Connection. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Before you emigrated to Canada, you were already working in an international recruitment company based in Kiev. And prior to that, however, you worked as a teacher and were pursuing a degree in education. Can you tell us a bit about that and how you started working in recruitment and immigration? As I understand, uh, you now have your own practice in this field. Um, it was kind of like just a, you know, just a chance I took, I guess. Uh, I was uh, at the end of the, uh, m- m- finishing my degree in education. I was doing some tutoring. I taught uh, at school the last year. And then at some point I was like, I think I want to try something else before because teaching was always kind of like out there for me. So I was kind of trying to uh, find something. Um, and after two failed interviews with some private companies, I ended up getting a job with this inter- international recruitment company in Kiev. And then it's just started, you know, from the bottom again, uh, teaching English to some um, people who were just destined to go abroad at the time. And then um, just, you know, was promoted and I guess worked my way up the ranks and ended up in Canada through the same company, actually. Okay. And did uh, the experience you had studying education have any relevance whatsoever in what you're doing now? I would say probably yes, because, you know, a part of that was a a psychology course. So it's kind of like helps you maybe, you know, like work with people and understand better. So it's definitely, I think... This is something that helped me with recruitment and, you know, like when you interview people, when it tr- you try to understand what they're looking for, etc. Okay. Um, and also the language, because, you know, I mm-hmm. did not, I did not study well, uh, sorry, I did not learn English uh, just because the options were limited at the, uh, before the high school. So my English comes from high school and university. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Your work in recruitment has taken you to many places, including Poland, Italy, Ireland, uh, even South Africa. What are you looking for in people uh, you meet on such trips? And what is it about recruiting and immigration that really speaks to you? Um, I would say, first of all, I am a people's person. I always, you know, like I have a lot of friends and I always, you know, like like to meet new people and uh, I guess, listen, you know, listen to their stories and uh, 
through my work as an international recruiter and then later immigration consultant, I think uh, what really uh, makes me kind of like, you know, fulfilled in life, I guess, is uh, seeing how people, how I can help people change their lives and realize their dreams. So when I was went to these different countries, you know, like obviously it was interesting for me to meet local people, understand what they're looking for, you know, like how they live and uh, potentially, you know, like why they want to go to Canada because, you know, everybody has their own reasons. Um, and also for me personally, I guess it was just the rewarding experience to, you know, like travel a little bit and see the country and just meet interesting people uh, outside the work. I had quite a, a few interesting encounters in South Africa with people, you know, like that ended up there just, you know, meeting like in a restaurant or bar and like, you know, ended up there chatting with, you know, what they were doing. So it's it's very, very rewarding experience. Right on. Uh, anything uh, that stands out in terms of some of the interviews with people you've had over the past few years? Um, I say probably the most interesting experience in terms of meeting people or interviewing people was in uh, um, uh, Ireland because some of them I could not understand <laughs> because of the <laughs> accent. I thought my English was okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just um, I guess like that was the most kind of like there were some people that I just, you know, like had to apologize. Like, you know, so what what are you trying to say and stuff? And, you know, and they were looking at me it's like, you speak with this, you know, like weird accent too. So, you know, but again, it's, you know, like I, I guess Canada is such a melting pot in a good way of, you mm -hmm. know, accents and cultures. And so I said like, yeah, you know, people talk with all kind of different accents in Canada so right on yeah. and your company uh, International Labor Center you spe uh, specialize more in agricultural uh, organizations you're looking to bring whether farmers or agricultural workers to Canada is that correct at the moment, yes. Okay. Like many years ago, we did different occupations and we brought hundreds of truck drivers and, you know, welders and other tradespeople. But, uh, you know, like life changes and business mm -hmm. changes according to what the legislation allows us to do. And at some point as a company, we just decided to do solely recruitment in agriculture. Are there certain things uh, in that regard then that you look for in certain people or are there certain maybe red flags that say this person maybe isn't right for Canada or are there things that say, oh, this person's definitely going to enjoy uh, living in whether it's Saskatchewan or Alberta or, who, or wherever it might be? You know, there's always, I would say, two main components that we are looking at in, uh, in people. First of all, is like, you know, whether they can do the job. And from of that course. standpoint, if I see that on the resume, you know, the person used to work as a lawyer, maybe in the home country and is has some experience maybe for a year and is trying to get to Canada as a farm worker, that's a red flag. <laughs> on the other hand, we also try to evaluate, you know, the, the psychological kind of like, you know, t uh, side of things to see, you know, what person actually fit this kind of like profile we're looking for and also adapting to Canada like we work a lot with South Africans now and uh, I'd say a lot of in a lot of cases people come with certain expectations and certain um, maybe stereotypes you know mm -hmm. so to say about like what to expect and what their life will be and sometimes you know it's not the, the same so we are trying to kind of like you know look at that too but yeah. For sure, the uh, weather must be a, a concern yeah. for some of the people coming from <laughs> such a warm country. Yeah. Um, for years now, you've been involved in some of the most prominent Ukrainian festivals around, uh, as we mentioned in our intro, uh, as well as served on a number of boards for Ukrainian organizations. How do you find the time to volunteer so much and why? Good question. You know, I always say that uh, Canada changed me in so many ways. And um, I always said that, you know, being I probably 
a part of that being uh, ended up in ending up in Saskatchewan in the such a wonderful Ukrainian community that you know like is always like welcoming, but also like you know there's this volunteering culture. And living back in Ukraine, I've never volunteered to my shame. Because, you know, like I was always busy and I guess, you know, like at the time when I went to university and, you know, was at school, those were very difficult times for Ukraine and for my family in mm -hmm. particular. So we were all focused on just, you know, survival and, you know, making sure yeah. like we have, you know, enough money to pay the bills, etc. So when I ended up being in, in living in Canada in Saskatchewan, I all of a sudden discovered this, you know, whole different world of like what you can do outside the work. Mm -hmm. And then I guess, you know, the interesting part of that is um, you're not paid to do that work, but then like it's your passion. And I guess through my work, you know, I satisfy certain needs maybe, you know, like as a personality, like certain mm -hmm. ambitions. But I also find that volunteering and doing some work as a community member like it's a totally different level of passion and what you can do and you know like if uh, uh it's very fulfilling like for example with the ukrainian day in the park i've been a part of uh, the festival for about seven years i think okay. and uh, you know just to be there on the site at the day of the on the day of the festival and seeing you know like people you know like uh wandering around and having fun. And, you know, it, it is a kind of an introduction to our Ukrainian culture for people who are non-Ukrainian um, in Saskatchewan. So, yeah, it's just, you know, like one of the biggest, I guess, um, you know, like uh, emotionally and lifting experiences that you can have, in right my on. opinion. Yeah. Nice. Uh, in addition to your involvement in local Ukrainian festivals and your business, you've been involved in support for the, of the Ukrainian community in other ways. For example, you and a friend started your own clothing business called Yuki Boutique, which did online sales of ethnically themed Ukrainian-made clothing. Tell us a bit about uh, how that came about and what running such a different business has taught you. <laughs> that was an interesting experience. It's uh, my friend Emma and I were driving to uh, Dauphin Festival, which is the uh, uh, the biggest the Ukrainian biggest Ukrainian festival, I guess, in Western Canada. Because mm -hmm. that time, I think they were celebrating their fiftieth, and they had about ten thousand people there. So it okay. was like just like a huge party. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, few drinks involved, and you know, like it was at that time, it was just the Ukrainian, you know, like this, um, I guess, traditional and also like. Uh, rebranded, maybe like a little bit more modernized traditional clothing was just, you know, like becoming popular and getting traction in, uh, uh, I, I guess, everywhere in Ukraine as well, but okay. in Canada. And few drinks and water, it's like, why wouldn't we do it? You know, like she, Emma was at that time already ordering a lot of things for herself and, you know, for her friends. And uh, yeah, so this is how it came to be. I was more kind of like on the business side, you know, administration mm -hmm. side. And she was more like a creative side of our business. And uh, it was a great time. I think we were very successful for those few years that we uh, run the company. And then unfortunately, our personal circumstances changed. And uh, Emma had decided to leave, you know, Canada for another country. My uh, professional life changed and was a little bit more demanding. So we were kind of like, you know, at the time, it's like, yeah, it was a great experience. But maybe, you know, let's leave it as the story we can tell, you know, like in the future. For sure, for sure. Uh, mentioning uh, your friend Emma, she's uh, moved, uh, gotten married and become a mom and you're about to become a mother. So congratulations on <laughs> that. <you. laughs> what kinds of traditions and aspects of Ukrainian culture do you intend to imprint on your new family? And maybe what have you already uh, begun to uh, bring to your new family? Mm -hmm. um, 
I think that I'll I'll try to do my best. That's one of the things I've been thinking lately, especially in terms of the language, because um, I'm, you know, obviously Ukrainian speaking um, is my first language and my partner and his family, uh, they're English speaking. So, but my partner is 50% Ukrainian. Is, okay. is, as we joke, like, you know, he always takes only 50% of smetana, sour cream <laughs> when he eats his pierogies. <laughs> so, um I will try to do my best, you know, to kind of like go a little bit maybe beyond just, you know, taking her to the festival, maybe involving her in community like dancing or singing, mm -hmm. whatever she would be, she will be inclined to do. Because I do believe that there's a little bit more to Ukrainian culture and you kind of like open Ukrainian culture culture better with knowing the language so yeah, maybe you can read the books you know and you can kind of do a little bit of research so i do have kind of like my plan but we'll see how it goes because as we know it's not as easy being a parent you know to teach your own child oh so. for sure for sure i'm sure you, you plan to speak uh, ukrainian to her and uh, sean your husband our partner will be speaking english uh, um, i'm curious to know uh, with regard to your family, uh, your uh, you know soon-to-be in-laws, are there certain uh, parts of the culture that you've already begun to um, bring into uh, your relationship? Um, tell us a bit about that. Um, you know, they, uh, his family on the Ukrainian side, his family is not. Um you know, what I would call traditional Ukrainian family. So obviously, you know, like they love Ukrainian food and, you know, they went to some Ukrainian events, but it's not maybe to the extent as, you know, I met some other families that are like fourth or fifth generation and they're very, very Ukrainian. I sometimes joke more Ukrainian than my family back in Ukraine. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, we did a number of things. Like we tried to go to events, obviously with COVID, it's, you know, more challenging, but mm -hmm. attend events and uh, uh, obviously through food and maybe some things that, you know, a little bit, a little bit more of traditional Saskatchewan, like you know, food menu, yeah. because there's a lot of things that we do from my region, where I'm from, from Volyny region. Like there's a lot of dishes, for example, that uh, they've never heard of, or mm -hmm. you know, things like that. And um, unfortunately, we had our trip canceled to Ukraine canceled last summer. So as soon as we have the opportunity, we'll go, and I hope to take uh, my partner to you know some historic sites and uh, do a little bit more. He's very eager to learn. Um, he started learning language on his his own a little bit oh, through wow. different apps so yeah very for good. example he met with a friend of mine to pick up some items yesterday and he was very proud that he was able to carry a full conversation in ukraine it was very oh, basic wow. very it was very basic though. but he was very happy you know so um you know little things like that but i do hope once you know this pandemic and all the restrictions are lifted will will do much more and again with uh, with our baby girl like it will be a little bit more different experience as well. For sure. You already got a name figured out? Um, yes, but we are keeping it not a secret, but okay. kind of like just in case we change our mind the very last minute. <laughs> For sure. As I understand from Ukrainian culture, sometimes parents might wait not just a day or two, but even uh, maybe weeks months, yeah. or months <laughs> before they name the child so that the character of the uh, child fits uh, some of the um, sort of uh, last few names that they've uh, highlighted and once uh, that character comes out, then they uh, pick the name that fits best uh, for that. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, the challenge for, for me, for us, I guess, and for me was to choose a name that is both kind of like, you know, sounds good in English and easy to pronounce in English uh, for my Canadian family. And then also like it's easy because uh, among my Ukrainian relatives, my sister is fluent in, Ukra in uh, English and my cousin mm -hmm. and everybody else, like no clue about English. So, <laughs> you know, it's very important for me 
But I think we found a compromise. We'll see. We'll see. But that's one of the things that, again, you know, like mixed families, mixed as in like, you know, ethnically mm-hmm. kind of probably challenge as well because, you know, like you, the same with the language. I want my daughter to know, uh, to be able to speak Ukrainian uh, fluently because otherwise she won't be able to communicate with my side of the, you know, family. Absolutely. So it's uh, all those things that we, you know, like I faced being um, newcomers or, you know, like immigrants to Canada, but at the same time, it's a nice experience. And I think it's definitely something that will enrich our kids. Right on. That's excellent. Thank you very much. Um, We've been speaking with Irina Matsyuk, a professional recruiter who lives here in Saskatoon, originally from the Volyn region of Ukraine. The Ukrainian Connection explores the personal and professional side of Canadians whose connection to their culture is vibrant and well-established. But this isn't just about pierogies and pysynke. It's about how excellence in a life well-lived reflects positively on one's background and how family traditions lay the foundation for positive achievements and passionate role models in the Ukrainian-Canadian community. The Ukrainian Connection is presented by Sound Lounge by T-Bone with generous funding provided by Ukrainian-Canadian Congress Saskatchewan and Saskatchewan Lotteries. Listen. It's what we're hoping for every day of our audience, our business super fans, even our friends and our family, that they listen to who we are, to what we are. But it only happens when your message is delivered well in a memorable way. How does Sound Lounge do this for you and your business? Through radio ads, audio for your videos, recording your podcasts, or helping with voiceover for your events. Find T-Bone online at thesoundlounge.ca. Sound Lounge by T-Bone.